Welcome to episode 756 of I Am Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Righto, team, welcome along to episode 756 of I Am Talk with Coach John Newsom and Bevan James Iles. You're looking all I Am Talked up, John. I am indeed. Got the old school long, well, not the old, old school, but the old school I Am Talk sort of light blue long sleeve. Yeah. And then the newer version of the Challenger Off 2018 bike shorts. And we've got the Epic short, yeah. oh, Epic Camp yeah, do, 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 you have, do you have any kind of branded undies? Because <laughs> so that's an idea, actually. <laughs> I've got it for, for the marketing department. <laughs> God, I'm thinking, team. I'm talking is proudly brought to you by our fantastic patrons. Let's name a few, Jonbo. Brian, the funny guy, Fallon. Uh, we've got Adrian Fufui Moi. Does uh, Fufui Moi Moi still play rugby league or not? I don't think so. That was a while ago, wasn't yeah, it? Okay. Yeah, okay. Uh, Michael, that meat muncher, Egan. Uh, Colette Coasting Andrews. In this week's show, we've got some news. It's, admittedly, there's not much news. And we've actually created a segment which was really out of the news. Yes. Uh, because that's how desperate we are for content right now. Luckily, this came along this week, really, wasn't there? Mm-hmm. And then we might be doing high five. Yeah, well, I think we'll, we'll squeeze. We'll see if we can squeeze it in. It's a high five. It's almost, we're going to call it a teaser high five. That's right. It's your index page uh, and the contents will be coming in the next couple of weeks. Nice. Oh, go ahead putting it. And then a bit of a winger of the week. Uh, John Swimset, questions and answers at the end. John, uh, only one piece of news. We had a massive race on the racing calendar. Huge. The South Island Olympic Distance and Duathlon Triathlon Championships uh, was held at the weekend. I know this is just one of my races, but I thought I'd give a few people a plug on here um, because there's not much other news other than what we're going to talk about later, which is the sub seven and sub eight hour yep, Ironman. Which is its own segment today. It is. Yep. So that's, that's our main piece of news. But this is the second part. So I organised the Corsia Classic Triathlon. This is a awesome course I encourage people when you can get back to racing elsewhere in the world go and try and find some challenging courses because they do get you out of your comfort zone and, and it becomes a bit more of a race for you against the course rather than necessarily always you against the clock and you against your competitors so yep. um, this one was pretty straightforward it was three 500 metre laps in a little bay called Corsia Bay but then you come out You've got about a 200 metre run straight up, uh, about 10 to 15% up to T1. So you're absolutely gasping by the time you get to your bike. And then you get on your bike, and then you've got about another 200 metres up, probably at maybe 7 to maybe 10% to get up to the actual bike course. So a killer of a start to the ride. Uh, and then you go on the bike, you've got 39 kilometres with 790 metres of elevation with 14 hills in it. Um, most of them are not crazy long, like maybe. 500 meters long I think the, the longest one might be about a k um, but there's some pretty steep stuff in there sort of a, you know plenty of 10 percent um, pretty much hills 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 and then you've got a flat section in the middle and then uh, more hills um, all over the course come off the bike you run straight uphill and like back on that 200 meters straight up a hill yep at yep. about sort of um, 10 you know maybe seven to ten percent and then you've got nine and a half k's of running with 100 about 150 meters of elevation change very little flat and a doozy of a climb each lap so we had a few listeners out there and uh, Jeff the Jackhammer Roberts, who is one of our patrons, he uh, luckily he stuck around for the prize draw. So we were giving away an entry to win a Suzuki car. So, so it's just wild card? Yeah, it was, so it is. So it's part of the national series. I think there's probably, I don't know, 10 races or something. Okay. So each race you get one 
entry into the draw. So, so, were, so at the end of it, there's one in 10 chance. One in 10. One, one, I think it's more like one in 15, maybe okay, one in 20. Yeah, yeah. So if you get it, you got a pretty reasonable chance. It's pretty Just winning a car from a local race. Yeah. Um, that'd be pretty cool. First person to draw was uh, Tyrone Hellier's dad. Oh, who wasn't, wasn't there. Wasn't there. Oh, Rolled down Jeff God. Roberts. Uh, and so he's in the draw. Which Go is the jackhammer. Cool. Go the jackhammer. And in terms of the results, we had some pretty fast racing. Um, I think another listener showed Tom Somerville, local fella, smashed the pants off them. He swam a 24, rode a 108 on that course, was the fastest of the day um, by about three minutes, and then ran a 35-48, which is bloody impressive on uh, that kind of terrain. Beat out Jared Miller and Tyrone Hallier in third. And then on the female side, we had Olivia Ritchie, who I think had the probably the third fastest run of the day overall wow. uh, to run herself into third, uh, into first in front of Danielle Donaldson and Catherine Reardon in third place. So good times. So as John was saying, make sure you support, especially at this moment, if there are local races on wherever you are in the world. We understand for a lot of people that's not the case, but if there is, try to get out there, get amongst it. It's also a good chance to support, but also just experience some races that maybe you haven't done in a while. Um, yeah, so get into it. Now, John, we've got discussion of the week, but we're actually going to do that after the next segment. I know you're trying okay. to make this zone segment. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but, but basically this is the main piece of news this week. So uh, we got the PR release earlier this week that uh, uh, four athletes are going to be aiming to beat for the male the sub seven hours and for the female the sub eight cat or speed time in, in Ironman racing. It's going to be happening in 2022. It doesn't seem like there's a date at this stage, but they're saying spring 2022. <laughs> Let's dig into this one, John, because it's a fascinating discussion. It is. It's kind of cool. And, and the unfortunately... Because these guys are allowed in drafting, they would have been getting grief all over social media. Not that I've looked, but I guarantee people are just been is that, ripping is that, into is it. That, is that the problem? Does that undermine it massively? It is. We'll get to that because yeah. that really does. But what's cool about this is it's pushing the limits. You know, it's a significant uh, record-breaking attempt. You know, it's not just you know a couple of minutes here or there. This is like a massive uh, drop in time, and it will take you know just the most amazing performance we've almost ever seen well, to, to well, do it. In the men's, maybe not so much in the females? Yeah, well, we'll, we'll go into that again later. I've got all that down down okay, the bottom in okay. terms of how close females have been in the past. Yeah. Um, what I like, what, the cool thing about it is compared to a normal triathlon, there's lots of things where they can gain time easily. So in terms of the swim, you, know, you can choose a venue um, where you don't have to necessarily think about parking, transition area, and that, like with this race that I organised at the weekend, next year I possibly won't be able to have it at the same venue, there's another um, big sailing event that's going to be on. Oh, yeah. oh, Russell Kutz gets a bit more priority over you, doesn't he? <laughs> he does. <laughs> so this is the guy that won the America's Cup, he's bringing yacht it's races. Larry Ellison, back. he's got billions behind him, I think, you, I think you're going to struggle to fight that one, John. Yeah, so I'm looking at different venues and like I'm going, I could do something there, but then you've got to go parking, transition, traffic management, blah, blah, blah. With these guys, this, the swim's not going to be a problem. You just go, right, where's the fastest place we can swim that is close to somewhere we can bike ride? Now, when you're setting up a swim course for a fast course, now obviously things like flat conditions and blah, 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 what kind of loop are you going to do? Um, like, if you're just thinking fast, is it a straight line? Is it... Yeah, I would say it probably is a straight line. I hadn't thought that through. It'd either be a straight line or Because it's all that lap. stuff they're going to think about, isn't it? Mm. You know, is, 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 is what's the minimal way or the easiest way for us to get efficiency and speed of these athletes doing mm. this course. So I think straight line, but to find a 3.8k straight line might be a struggle. So again, in terms of somewhere you can then get on the bike directly, but I would say, yeah, the minim minimising the turns is a key thing with the yep. swim um, and minimising the navigation as well. So uh, obviously these guys will have people leading them through the swim, yep. but you might want to be, you know, if they did it in a rowing lake, that's probably going to make the most sense. And if you had 
uh, a lane rope they swim alongside or, or some sort of navigation so they don't have to be lifting their head at all. I've got a million questions for you as we go through this. So the first question is, if you are planning to do a swim where it's you're using drafting, how do you set up your drafting? How many athletes do you need? Um, you probably have about four in front of you, I suppose. It also depends if they swap people out like they did in the two-hour marathon. Yeah, could you do it in a swim? It'd be harder in a swim, wouldn't well, it? Well, they could just have them in a boat jumping on and off. Yeah, true, um, yeah. It might be a little bit disruptive, but I think there'd be enough swimmers where the difference with the marathon, you've actually, there's only a few people that could probably run at that pace. Yeah, yeah. Well, not a few, but you know, not that many. Swimming, they're a dime a dozen in terms of who could, who could yeah. swim at, at the same speed that they need to and go. And what would so, you do, like an arrow? What kind I would of say an arrow would be great, and okay. then you'd tuck in behind uh, the middle person. So if you had one on the front, two, and then three, and then the, the actual contenders would be sitting behind them, um, I think that would be as, as good as anything. But that's the sort of stuff they will be looking into. And then you'd want transition literally one metre out of the water. Totally, and then straight onto the bike. Yep. So even if you had to lay you know, 100 metres of seal down just so you're straight onto your bike, it would mm. be worthwhile doing. Mm. The bike is where there's obviously massive gains to be had. So, you know, inclination is you'd think, oh, Florida and places like that, they're pancake flat, smooth roads, but I kind of think you'd almost want a few hills in there to break it up. Um, oh, you do? Well, not hills, hills, but just something to break it up a little bit so then you can have just a few sections, sections of um, freewheeling when you're going down. A, that breaks the bike up just gives you a mini recovery and may come back to, to be beneficial later on in with, the race. With the guys who do the, the you know, world record kind of long course TT sessions. I think they generally do them on uh, just flat course, uh, dual carriageways because they don't have to worry about um, running off the bike. And yeah. that's the key thing is they can stay aero. We've got to be thinking about guys running off the bike and they're out there for significantly longer. You know, you do a 100K time trial for those, for, as you said, sort of, World record type people, I guess that's taking them two hours. Our riders are still going to be out there for, you know, three hours 45, plus they've got to run off the bike. So, how many, okay, so go back to the how would you set it up? How many athletes? What kind of, obviously well, they're going to be rolling, but the athlete will be sitting at the back. I kind of wonder if there's any race car tracks because they've got, any, they've got to think smooth surfaces. Yep. Um, and a race car track, if not like Daytona, but one like, um, where, were they, where did they do the... The, the first sub-two uh, attempt. Imola? Was yeah. it Imola or yeah, something like that? that? Yeah. Um, something like that might be quite good. It might have a couple of little lumps in it just to break it up slightly, but you're on super smooth surfaces, no traffic and no significant left or right turns or turnarounds or anything like that. So uh, how many athletes do you think they'll need to, you know, like a, how, what size pack would you want? Well, that depends how far you take it. Like the, the bigger the better. You know, if you're sitting behind 40 people, then... But the, well, that's the problem for them. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's, you know, you see the Tour de France rolling along and I know it's very, very hard, but when they've got a massive pack, you see guys at the back sort of freewheeling, they're just sitting in there and they're probably going 45 kilometres an hour. Um, so well, it was interesting. I did a bit of research and I looked up the world records for team time trials. Mm -hmm. So for world record for team trials, I'll actually I'll just pull up because I put it in my email. Um, world record for team time trials. It's an email to me. Uh, so these are not so obviously not so long, but for basically around 70 Ks, the world record is 57 Ks an hour. Mm. And a team time trial in, in like a Tour de France. Yeah. And these guys, and Alistair Brownlee and co are going to need to go, I think it's around about 50 to 51 kilometres an hour. And that's so going to get more about 340, 345? 345, I think, okay. is what they need to need to ride. Okay. So, yeah, I guess that's how far do you take it. I'd say, you know, you want to be hidden in the middle of the pack, so you'd probably want four in front of you, two either side, and then you're kind of tucked in that little bubble there, um, and you're just on your aero bars, just sucking. What, sucking what, what level of 
public acceptance is there. Because if it's 40, we just don't even care. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm. But if it, you, you know, but they are going to use the draft and mm. they are going to use athletes. So, so what level do you, where's that level for us as spectators? We go, oh, they're taking the piss. Mm. Um, for me, any more than, well, no, I think they're taking the piss anyway. By the I, draft? I, I think, um, yeah, I think pe- the public would probably accept if it was a, a pace line, like yeah. maybe five guys in a pace line, a bit yeah. like what you might see in a, an ITU race when they're in a breakaway. But anything more than that, it's going to be it's going to be a boring watch. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that the, the mm. spectacle in a second. So the, the bike is controversial, and we'll go into that in a couple of moments as well. Uh, and the run, uh, yeah, I think... What, one of the reasons why Rote is so fast, other than being a little bit short, hey. is um, hey, hey. is you've got that change of surfaces, which is a bit forgiving on your legs. So it's fractionally slower running on the, the shingle along by the canal, but it's it a lot more forgiving on the legs. So I think in terms of selecting a run course, you'd want something that's predominantly flat you know maybe a couple of little climbs i don't think it would hurt again it's just slightly dis- different muscle cr- recruitment it would break it up slightly and but i think yeah if you could find somewhere where you got a little bit of shingle i think that would be beneficial um, and then the other big plus i think with this is they've got the freedom freedom of conditions so you know when we've seen i was amazed at some of the record times when i was looking at torsten's try rating that have been done in kona like i think rinnie's got the fifth fastest run of all time really and it's in kona she has to go down as the greatest runner then doesn't she oh unbelievable and kona's accurate and arguably the greatest runner or female in the history of sport mm. oh unbelievable the fifth greatest run time in kona mm. of, of all, of all time. sixes Oh, no, not of all sexes. No, oh. no. A fifth fastest female time. Oh. Of all. But it was in Kona. Like, oh, okay. Sorry, sorry. I thought, you meant, I thought you meant running. I was like, of course not. She's in the 50s. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but what was I saying? So you got that choice with conditions. So spring is good. You know, a lot of the records we see have been at Roth or been at Kona or been at Germany. Middle of summer where it's pretty warm, where these guys can be choosing to do a run and as you said, it's going to be in spring. You know, it might be 20 degrees, you know, a nice pleasant temperature. What do you so reckon? What would you want? 20 would be great. You don't want to be getting cold and you want to have a little bit of sweat on. Um, so I'd say about 20 would be perfect. Yeah, now, I wonder, what, because the thing about this is, do you plan a day or do you plan like a, a window? Well, that, and that's the thing, they'll have a window. Yeah. That's what they had with that marathon uh, was, you know, you might go a three-day window and if it's going to be shit, then you can just keep delaying it. Yeah. And it's not going to have the same sort of coverage that the, the marathon had, not even remotely close. So I think they've got a bit of freedom. The other thing is they'll be 100% able to nail the nutrition and you think professional athletes would be able to do this anyway, but... It's slightly different here, you know, they'll be able to have people handing them the nutrition all the way along, they won't have to be grabbing it at aid stations, they won't have to be waiting for aid stations, so you can basically say nutrition, boom, want it, you don't have to wait every sort of two and a half K or a couple of miles to get it, uh, and so that all those little things will start to, start to add up. And well, then, just, uh, on, just on run surfaces, you're talking about the ability to have different run surfaces, one thing we saw with the sub two was they had, what, about seven runners running with them? Mm. And they had that kind of X shape. Yeah. So in different run surfaces, that could be a problem. Yeah, yeah, it could be. You yep. know, because I'm, I'm imagining they're going to duplicate what he did. Mm, totally. You know, so that's something to be aware of. It'll just be a little trade-off. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing that I think is really cool is there won't be any holding back. You know, often we see, say, a Jan Fredino when he did challenge Roth and went 7.35, is he, w- he was so far in front, you know, 
what if what if yeah. could he have gone um, much quicker than that so you're very much racing for pace rather than place so those are all things I think are cool and, and are going to keep us talking about it what's not so good um, well the swim I don't think that I don't really have too much of an issue with the drafting in the swim you can do that in a, sport. in a regular yep. race and yes they'll have a few bonus sort and of and it's organised and all the rest of it but you know mm. um, the run I personally didn't really have any problems with the, the sub two effort in terms of them having all those paces coming in and out. Um, I know there was a, definitely a drafting effect there, but it's just not quite the same as on the bike. So yeah. I didn't have too much problem with that. I don't, I'm not a big fan of them having these shoes that are breaking every bloody The, the only thing I find a little bit disappointing about the sub two is that whoever does beat sub two without any of that, it, it, it does take away a bit of, because it seems like it's the first time to break sub two. Mm. And I do think it takes away a little bit of the credit of that. Um, and especially when they were so close, you know, in terms yeah. of that. Um, yeah. Whereas this, I don't, yeah. I don't think it's no possible. No man's going under seven hours in the next, 20 years are they uh, yeah, yeah I agree you know, or for, you know although female under 8 may be more realistic in 20 years yeah if you'd, uh, yep, you know but you'd... but yeah I hear what you say but for me there was a downfall of the sub 2 because in history will that be remembered more than the person who actually does it properly mm, potentially you know because like ben, you know, everyone knows Bannister you know everyone knows those iconic people um, so yeah so but yeah as you say this is a bit more unrealistic and the bike is a big one that I think we're all going to debate and say it's not really the real deal. Um, I just think it. I'd be more excited about this if they're saying we're going to try to set the fastest times ever within all the rules. And so then you've got a 12 metre draft zone on the bike or whatever the current ruling is. I know Challenge obviously have 20, but in Kona and stuff I think it's still 12. Um, and if you did it in a legit fashion, but you've got all those advantages of choosing a venue, doing it at a different time, and it's all about the time rather than a race, I'd be more excited about that than this bike is going to be a bit of a spoiler for me. So yeah. the question I have is how hard is it? You know, because like for me, if it's, if it's kind of like, you know, because you watch the video, and the great thing is Macker and his team do a great job. You know, and so when we th- and we'll talk about the entertainment aspect moving forward. But when we looked at the kind of the PR video they put out about it, you know, mm-hmm. Mac is going, you know, there's things that are impossible, and you know, and he's a yeah, great salesman, so he gets what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I thought, well, okay, how hard is it? You know, like really. And and when I look at the females, based on what they were, how they're doing it, the way they were going about doing it, don't get me wrong, it's it's a good challenge, mm. but is it that hard? Uh, so eight eighteen for the females is the current record by Chrissy Wellington so you're and take Roth in twenty eighteen. Eighteen point one minute off. Yeah, and then on the men's side it's seven thirty five and Roth and which definitely seems way harder. Yeah, so I, I went through uh, good old tryrating dot com to have a look at the fastest splits of uh, each individual discipline. So Luke McKenzie, who's who's a really good swimmer, but not a world beater necessarily. He swam forty two minutes in Ironman Brazil one year. Is that the best swim ever? Yeah, forty two. Um, and Amanda Stevens swam 45. So definitely think with assistance, Brownlee can easily swim that 42. Um, Under? Well, then you're, just, then you're compromising the rest of your race. So yes, you could, but then you're going so hard that you're going to lose five minutes on the oh, road. But even with a draft, you reckon 42 is about right? It would be plus or minus okay. a minute or two. Okay. And uh, Amanda Stevens swam 45 in Ironman Germany. So when you look at the two females, you've got um, Lucy Charles. Uh, she can... Easily Spirig. swim that, uh, and then Spirig, with with some drafting assistance, she probably wouldn't be too far off that. Um, so swim probably not, you know, plus or minus a couple of minutes here or there. The fastest bike splits. What, what about the other guy? What about Bloomfield? What's the swim like? Uh, certainly not in the same league as Brownlee. Okay, but he could probably so, swim. So they probably need their own packs as well. Yeah, 
Yep. He would be, you know, in an Ironman swim, I'm going to say he'd probably be two minutes behind almost. Okay. Maybe maybe a minute, minutes, two minutes. Okay. Um, on the bike, the fastest times we've had seen, and this is quite interesting, so Starkowitz, Andrew Starkowitz, uh, he's got four of the top five bike rides of all time. It's 402, isn't it? It's the fastest. They're all, yeah, around about four hours, just over. Unbelievable. Yeah, and that's solo, non, and those, uh, a couple of those courses I have checked out and, and they've been legit 180. He's They're pancake flat. Oh, come it's, on. Yeah, um, yeah, it's just amazing. So... Four hours, um, they've got to ride about 3.45 for the guys. So, yeah, you'd think that that's... Oh, doable. Doable. Well, um, well no, no, okay, Brownlee, because we're kind of comparing it to Sarkowitz. Yeah, exactly. So what's Brownlee on a bike? Let's say... Because well, he had a really fast race one somewhere, didn't he? He did it in Perth. Maybe why don't you look up um, uh, Ironman Western Australia last year, I think it was. was. It? Okay. I'm going to say he'd probably be about a 4.20, maybe 4.15 at best. Um, so quite a bit of work to do there to drop 30 minutes but it's a big unknown a i don't think they'll have a problem riding the 345 that they need to ride it's just how much effort it takes to to ride that so i think they're, they're still going to be in the game really deep into this race because it's going to be the last hour and a half of the race that determines whether they actually make it or not i think up to that stage they'll be on schedule but after that, uh, who knows? So fastest bike times by the guys are normally about four hours. Fastest on the female side is uh, 4.25 by Daniela Reef, And there's a few other splits around that sort of 4.25 mark. Um, when it comes to the run... Fast Wait a second. Oh, he rode in, in Western Australia, he rode 14. 14, yeah. Cool. So that's 25 minutes based yeah. on trying to get down to 3.45. Which you'd Which think, in a drafting, you'd think that's doable. Oh, three, yeah. 30, 25 minutes, wasn't it? Yeah, 25 mm. minutes. That's that's really doable, isn't it? You'd think so. Yeah. In a pack? Mm. Because the other thing you're doing is you're preserving your energy. Yeah. But ideally, you want to be riding... Because you've got to save yourself for that run still, don't you? You want to be going the same effort that you did, took 4.10 and you're riding 3.45. On that day, on his run... He was under no pressure, but I think he still ran decent. uh, Let's have a look Let me me take a guess. I reckon he would have run 2.46. Haven't done a very good job of showing me the overall result. Let me let okay. I'll carry on. Um, in terms of the run side of things, oh no, two forty-three. Okay, it's three minutes quicker. So he's got to drop thirteen minutes. That's a, it's thirteen minutes. Thirteen is, minutes off the run. Yeah, he's got to get more on the bike. Yeah, yeah. You got to get more on the bike. You got you got to get the bike down to three thirty-five. Well, they're talking two thirties on the run. I think he's capable of two, no. Two, well, fastest run After splits. That? Fastest run splits have been Matt Hansen ran two thirty-five, and uh, Tukinen and Hoffman have also been in that sort of neighbourhood. So we're talking mid two thirties. And so, what do you think he needs to run based on what well, the two thirty? So you got to think. Let's say forty-five minutes for swim plus the short transitions that you've got. Three forty-five on the bike, and then you have got to run a two thirty. I think he's got to run. Oh, you say three thirty-five? No, forty-five. I think you're going to get ten minutes in the bike. Okay. I think you're going to take more of a risk on the bike. Run, running three thirty. Oh well, it's been three thirty-five, and he's got. He hasn't shown it yet, but he's a he's a good enough runner. If you again, if you took like the Jack Daniels formula, I bet you he could. Uh, oh, of course. He, he would be. It would be shown that he should be able to do it. And should have got Yeah. <laughs> okay, and, okay. Sorry. You and in paper. He's probably a better runner than Matt Hansen. I think Matt Hansen's amazing. He had the fastest run split at Daytona, but 
if Brownlee was at his absolute best and he could translate what he does in Olympic distance try racing to Ironman, I think 2.30 is doable. Tell you what, the fastest female run time, 2.41 by Kristen Moller. Um, not forgot to write down the location there, but that's bloody impressive. 2.41? Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah, I think she was an ex-runner, but still, 2.41 is 2.41. you do it. Yeah. So the, in terms of the fastest times, um, when you combine the men's fastest swim, bike and run, 42 minute swim, four hours on the bike, 2.35 on the run, gives you a 7.17 plus transitions. So that's... Individual disciplines fastest we've ever seen. And then on the female side, this is interesting, 45-minute swim, 425 on the bike, 241 is a 751. Yes, yeah, the females is much more achievable. Yeah. Have, we, have, we, have they got the right people? Well, no, Danielle Reef. If they had Danielle Reef, I'd go, yeah, yeah I reckon you can make put that. You, put your house on it. Um, but, but Lucy Charles, I just don't know if she's got the run split to be able to do that. She's certainly got the swim. She's pretty good on the bike. She's great on the bike, isn't she? She's great on the bike, but yeah. I just don't know that she's got the capacity to run a 250, which is probably what she'd need to run or not. But time will tell. That's why it's going to be pretty interesting. I think, so what about the men? If you could, if you could, so Daniela and the girls and the, and the boys, who would you pick? I think Brownlee's as good as anything and obviously Jan Fredino. Yeah, I'd go Jan more than Brownlee. He's more mm. proven than a longer He's proven. Distance. Yeah. Brownlee's got the credentials in terms of short course stuff, um, semi-proven over... Iron distance with his Ironman Western Australia. So it's going to take the perfect day, perfect preparation, everything to go right, and I think they can they can do it. Just My feeling is they've got to get more on the bike. bike. I think mm-hmm. Brownlee's got to get more. I, I, I just, hey, pulling off a 2.30 in the run, but you've I got to I don't think you're going faster than 2.345 without compromising the bike because that's but 51 kilometres an hour. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, but you get the big pack. Yeah, that's you, the thing. You can get the pack to do more work for you on the bike than you can mm. on the run, mm. you know. Now, here's a question. So then we go, okay, go, okay, that's some of the kind of the athletic side of it. What kind of reach do you think it's going to get? Very minimal. Yeah. Very, <laughs> people, it's going to be a really boring watch, so I don't know how they're going to package it up to make it interesting. Well, like in, the fair marathon to, was, in fairness to Mecca, their team know how to make a good entertainment package, mm-hmm. but I do agree it's it's an Ironman. God, still seven hours of watching four people, and, and there's not going to be any actions. You're gonna yeah, like I the would you watch it? Not seven hours, I wouldn't. I'd come and go a bit, yeah, and I'd just sort of be going, you know, maybe coming every twenty minutes. So they still on schedule, yep. They still they still looks exactly the same as what he did before. Um, so I no, not really. Wouldn't be every half hour, maybe come in and out. But then like the two hour sub two hour marathon, I caught you know I caught that probably. F- 10k to go oh I watched the whole thing yeah. I loved it yeah but, I, but 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 the thing is the two hour marathon a lot of people outside of the running world knew about it as well now it wasn't mm. it wasn't global like Super Bowl kind of level but mm. you know lots of people non-runners kind of knew of it happening I think the main audience was probably runners but you know mm. recreational through to serious runners um can't really see this reaching outside the Ironman no, world. I think it'll get plenty of media coverage in the build-up in the triathlon world. Everyone will get pretty excited about it. People will probably come and go. They'll be really interested in the, the news releases afterwards and the highlights package. Don't reckon there'll be many people watching it though. Well, in fairness, one thing they've done really well is got Brownlee. Because if mm. anything, if Brownlee, when we think of global names in sport with triathlon, Brownlee's pretty much it. Mm. You know, like in, you think of in the UK, New Zealand, Australia. Mm. I don't know how much in America, but you know, the Brownlee brothers are a brand that's mm. that's a glo- kind of a household name in many parts of the world. Um, so by getting him on board, you're going to get a much better PR push from it. Um, What's going to happen though if the Olympics doesn't happen? 
then he'll be doing the Olympics in 2022. So this might be off. Oh, that'll be <clears throat> oh that's right. It's going to be cancelled, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's, right. it's not going to be another year. So um, watch this space. Could be could be good times. Still got bloody about a year to wait for this. Well, we needed it today. Yeah, I know. <laughs> we needed it. So it gave us 20 minutes, John. Yeah. We're loving it. Uh, Hit me with some music, Bevan. Oh, okay. Thanks. Here we go. Here's the music. Coaches Corner. Corner. So last week... Was it, who was it? Oh, no, no. Actually, John, I shouldn't have hit you with music because we're going to do this week's discussion. Okay. So I, I haven't put music in. What I've done... We'll, we'll put that shortly. We'll put, I haven't put music in. What I've done is I've just instantly put the next bit on. And because if you go to our Facebook page, last week we had a discussion and John used to say it because I'm just... What going. technology or products are not in the market that you would like to see? Over Olsen says shoes slash soles with power meters. I know there's been some attempts, but obviously not been good enough. So did you, those, did you get into the ones that we got? Yeah, I've got I've got a stride, and it just goes on your shoe, but it's not actually measuring the power as such in terms but do of the you, force. Do you use it? No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> we you bought, we bought one for each of us, and mine sits in my drawer in my office. Yeah. And I never I've, actually I never set it up. I've properly. lent it out, so it's being it is being used, just not by me. And is the person using it actually using it as a good training tool? Uh, was a little bit, I think. Yep. Um, well, the, the, the argument is if you're undulating, it's good because mm. it's probably where pacing doesn't really work, mm. you know. So, no, I haven't used it. So, I, th- I think that's great. If, if there was an actual power meter in the sole or the shoe, I think that would be, that would be cool. So obviously, it's, it's not possible yet. Um, I, I haven't been following it, but I know a few people have been trying. Okay, good old uh, John Weir's got, are you planning to steal our ideas and make millions? Of course we are, John. Exactly. The reason we had the, and John, to be honest, the ideas are life-changing. So. John and Bevan Enterprises <laughs> coming right. your way. Oh, BJ Enterprises. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would get lots of hits. I tell you. Uh, <laughs> I went to a website. Pick it up. Pick no, I went up. to a website of somebody uh, who I know and you both we both know, and this person's changed their domain. So the domain they had years ago, and they now got different domains, yep. and I I just couldn't find his email address. So I, that was his website years ago. When had looked, it was full oh, on. Oh really? Really? God, it was full on. Oh yeah. So, oh, oh, I hate clear, this website. Twenty that. minutes later, I've got to turn it off. Uh, Chris Hanrahan says sensors on the bike that will send an electronic shot straight through the saddle into your bits every time you drift into the drafting zone in a race. Ooh. I know a few blokes that would die from electrocution before the run even started. Now, I think that's a good point. I actually watch this space. There's some 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 development in terms of uh, drafting and the sensors and things like that coming. Good old David, uh, I'm going to say Petzer, has got here. I would like my smart trainer to play Mario Kart. It would take my indoor cycling to the next level. It's funny they haven't really game. I, I suppose, you know, you've got your, uh, what is it, um... Strava? No, what's the... Zwift. Zwift, you've got Zwift. But they haven't gamified it, have it? You know, they, they have done quite a bit of gamification. But not like a Mario Kart. No, not like a Mario You know, where you can actually do like specific actions on your bike to mm. do different moves within a Pull game. Pull a wheelie and things like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Neil Thompson, this is actually quite a good one. Um, erg mode for out on the road. What does this mean? So what he means there is so when you go onto your indoor trainer, you can go, right, I want to ride at one hour at... 200 watts and you can set it so that's what you're riding okay. and you've got no choice it's just you've got to push the pedals around it's a it's binary you're doing it or you're not and so in theory then if you go right for an Ironman bike ride or whatever distance you're doing my power I want to hold is 200 watts and you can just set your bike so you've just got to pedal at 200 yep. watts so it makes it really hard because they have them at the gym I'm stationary bikes at the gym hmm. it's going to set a certain speed and 
So obviously rate. you'd want some adjustments if you're in tricky conditions, but that would be one way where, from a coaching perspective, you tell somebody, do not ride above 200 watts. You, go, you just ride at 200 watts. But it kind of takes the... It takes a lot away from me, but I think it's an interesting development. Mark Funksy, Funky Brewster's got here, Funkster Brook, sorry, uh, a simple and easy little blood lactate measuring device, something that you could be worn uh, to allow you to see when you pass different thresholds. That would be pretty cool, wouldn't it? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Mick Simpson, I'd love to see programs like Trainer Road for running using Stride. This is your power now. Follow this and you'll get better. Robert Flynn's got CDA drag sensors are coming. I'm wondering how practical they will be for the average triathlete slash cyclist. And he sends a link through to Cycling Week. Um, you're talking about how we are going to get the technology where we can, you know. Look at our aerodynamics yeah, a lot more. Yeah. So. Um, I quite like this one as well. Uh, where was it? Steve Deodonis. Yeah. Running socks with pockets for my SIS gel and or cash. So I guess he's talking about when you've got the sort of knee-high compression socks and you have a little thing on the side where you can just put like either a card or a gel um, or whatever. So I think that's that's probably... Would that be annoying? Inner, sorry? If it's fit, it's got to be tight. Snuggly, it's got to be tight. Um, and I think if it was... Light enough, I think it wouldn't bother you too much. This week's discussion, guys. Are you oh, no, hold on. I've got one here that I wanted to add in. Oh, okay. Um, we'll go, we'll go. So one thing that I had would be a swim navigator. So obviously I've got these new goggles, my um, form goggles, which I like. John, I think you've just come up with a million-dollar idea. Hmm. So when you're swimming open water, I haven't really thought the details this through, but if you, I don't know, if you go, right, that's where the swim boy is, somehow it can program you in to swim in a straight line. And then it will just like flash one side or the other if you're a bit off track or something like that. Yeah, I don't think it's genius. Mm. But I don't, yeah. Obviously, you just got to. Or you, if you form. Yeah. I'm just not quite sure how you do it. But I think it is definitely doable. But you just have to figure out okay, you're standing on the beach and you go, that's a swim boy where there's a button you can press and it can somehow triangulate. Maybe, maybe to that. the problem with that part, because how much do you tilt? Mm. You know what I mean? Like if it says go left, <laughs> then you go, wait, no, yeah. go right, go, go yeah. left, you know, like. But I think it would help a lot of people, um, myself included. Yeah, or maybe it just gives you a so range. If, if someone steals that idea, I want some commission. Only, only 50 you know. Only 50 yeah. yeah. You're, you're a very generous man. Yeah. Uh, do I have any technology or anything that hasn't been invented with regards to sport that would... Mm, no, no. I'm pretty happy with my technology. Good. Yeah, there we go. Uh, John, this week's discussion. So we just want to get your interest. Are you interested in, or are you excited about the Sub 7 slash 8 project? Uh, if so, or if not, give us your reasons why and they'll be on our Facebook page. John. Music. Coaches Corner. Corner. So last week, was it Arnold? It was aiming to go sub Arnold Sulikov, the yep. sleek chic. Yep. Is, aiming, is aiming to do sub nine in Rot at the age of 50. And you could see as soon as we talked about it on the show, there's a light bulb that went off in John's head. And he suddenly started going, maybe this is something I can do. And so he's obviously gone home and done some homework on this. Oh, no, I haven't. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Torsten was listening in and he's done my homework for oh, me. Oh, good old Torsten. Because I was looking at uh, Rote and I was looking at a couple of, maybe it was Florida I was looking at and going, yeah, nobody's really seems to have done it. And I figured somebody must have done it. Um, and they have. Um, so here's what Torsten was then managed to find out for the for you over 50s. It has been done. Uh, I, I sent a reply. I said, I guess I've got to go to a draft legal race pretty much because it's been done in Sweden by Nicholas 
Faragle, he went 8.58. Uh, there's a couple of ones done in Barcelona. Um, then one done by Richard Sweet in the States, 7.59.55. Oh, well done, Richard. And then there was one who just missed out in Copenhagen. Nine Rito Welser uh, from Switzerland went nine hours and nine seconds. So he also said uh, Alex Zanardi was in the physically challenged category. So he was in a uh, wheelchair and he's also done it as well. Um, so yeah, I'm uh, now thinking that if that few people have done it, I'm really not that good. I think this could be quite a big challenge, but it would, I would be interested to go and see how fast I can go when I'm 50, whether or not it's sub nine or not. Uh, I think it might be a big push, but I think I would need to go to one of those races where uh, the times or well, the bike ride is somewhat dubious. So the problem for you right now is your kids aren't old enough yet, mm-hmm. because once your kids go, how much more will you train? Um, don't know. I'm always just a projects person, so... Um, Oh yeah. But how much do you lose? How much do you think you're losing each well, year? Well, so when when we when I lasted wrote it was 2017 and whatever I went I went 854 or something. Granted, wrote's a little bit short, um, but I think I was definitely better than that, and I wasn't 100% prepared. Like that was on, you know, 13 maybe 14 hours training a week. Yep. So if I was able to train with um, plenty of freedom, get everything up to speed, what 20 I, hours a week? Yeah, maximum. They wouldn't need any more than that. Uh, A main thing for me would be doing more long bike rides. Um, I think I'd be in current shape. I'd probably be able to get down to maybe an 840. I don't think I've slowed down too much. So you reckon in the next, how old are you now? 40, what are we doing this year? 45 this year. So in five years, you reckon you'll lose 20 minutes? I would think it would be starting to get that in that region, yeah. So again, it'd be a bit like these sub eight, sub sevens guys. You need a perfect day, course, Bit of luck, and I need to have plenty of time to Mate, be. In we have just started project sub fifty and not sub nine at fifty. Yeah, so wait a second, you're turning forty five this year. Yep, so it'll be twenty twenty six. Yeah, yep. The project began today. Righty ho. Yeah, it's all on twenty minute. You got a twenty minute buffer. Hmm. I don't think it's impossible. Well, it's not. But I'm, so, I'm, I'm actually surprised not more people have done it. So maybe I'm not giving enough credit for the degradation of. Speed from forty-five to fifty. Yeah, because there's plenty of guys of your ability above oh, at this age. Yeah, totally, plenty of guys forty-five who go well under mm. nine hours. Mm. So watch the space. What's Arnold's fastest? I wonder. He's been under nine. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Interesting times, old. Interesting time. One, two, three, four. four. High five. five. Times three. Times three. We're gonna. This is a teaser. I was sitting there yesterday because I I normally try to do the show notes on Friday, but I was busy organising this race. And I, was, uh, and I tried to get a few interviews for today, but I was uh, just didn't happen. So I thought I need to come up with some more content. So this is going to be a teaser for the next few weeks. So we're going to go through these pretty uh, pretty quickly, and then I'm going to pad them out over the next couple of weeks with some explanations and so on. So I just thought five good work-ons for each discipline, especially for you guys that are, that are going through winter and you're in lockdown, so you're kind of a bit limited in, in what you can do. But there is still plenty of things that you can do. So first up on the swim. Um, I know, unfortunately, a lot of pools are closed around the world. But if you're in a place where you can swim, number one, get videoed. I use uh, an app called Huddle Technique. 
Um, we'll have a link hopefully on the website, but just huddle, H-U-D-L.com, and they've got one called Technique. So if you type in huddle, Technique, and then you film yourself through that, then you can sort of slow-mo, and uh, and it's much better than just taking it with your standard video on your phone. Number one, let's get video. Number two, learn to streamline properly. Um, so I'll go into this more detail next week. Get your body in the correct position, long and strong, and you get to feel what it's like to be moving fast in the water and also improves um, self-awareness. When, when, you, when you see crappy swimmers in the pool, there's no excuse for not streamlining well. Just because you're a crappy swimmer, you still most people will be able to get into a streamlined position. So that's really important. Number three, learn to use the clock. I'll go into that in more detail, but I'm talking about... It's, it's a teaser, Joyce. It's a teaser. Talking about knowing if you're going to do 10 100s, you do them on two minutes. What does that actually mean? Um, so I'll go into that in more detail. Number f- four... Do some time trials to actually see how fast you're going. Um, lots of athletes just swim up and down and they vary their effort a bit, but they don't actually know how fast they are. Um, so go and do a 400 meter time trial once a month and just track your progress to once see if month. you're actually improving. Ooh. Oh, yeah. First, do like the first Friday of every month or the last Friday of every month and just learn to smash it over 400 meters. Quite an art. It's a really difficult distance to judge it's a bit like the 400 meter running race which I think is probably the hardest distance you can race because it's so easy to go out hard in the first 100 you can hang on for 200 the wheels start coming off at 300 and that last 100 meters <laughs> is just about flat on your face belly flop so that actually the 400 meters isn't the hardest the 400 meter hurdles is probably the hardest race in the world it's got to be doesn't it yeah got to yeah. be because you cock up there and it's oh and just trying to uncomfortable your legs up. <laughs> you know in those last couple of hurdles mm. And it's, I imagine it's because it's such a, a rhythm set movement, isn't it? Yeah. You know, because you run, 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 jump, run, 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 jump. Those hurdles are high. Oh. And you see, like Olympic finals, you see people falling flat on their faces. So it's not easy. Uh, number five for swimming is sit down and watch some others swim, um, especially after you've done point number one where you've done some videoing of yourself, and watch what their arms are doing below the water and try to pick up movement patterns so some of the things you're going to see is when you see people with their arms going way across their body underneath when they're pulling through you'll see them sort of snake through the water so I'll go into that again in a bit more detail but that's number five sit down and watch some other swimmers look for what they're doing below the water what their body does when they pull and also try to compare that to some some good swimmers either online or at your local pool okay it's 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 the swim onto the bike it's winter time a lot of you guys are going to be inside unless you're down in New Zealand or Australia or South Africa. Um, learn to suffer. Learn to suffer. Get on yeah. your trainer. Get one. Of, most people are going to have smart trainers these days. Use the apps and learn how to suffer on the bike. Physiologically, it's, yes, it's going to help you, but mentally it's going to help you more um, when you can really learn how to suffer. And on the bike is the safest place to do it, on the indoor trainer. And also it's the most rewarding. Mm. When you've... Like I did before I went to hospital, I did one of those assault bikes. I just did a debater, you know, like just 20 mm. on 40. I think I did like 16 sets. And I buried myself. And you love it at the end mm. of it. And in conjunction with learning to suffer, don't be afraid to blow up. The, now's the time where you go, I wonder what I can do for either a 20 minute race or a time trial and just go nuts. And if you blow up, 
So it doesn't really matter, but you found your limit. Um, number two, do some single leg work on the trainer. So some people debate whether this is um, beneficial or not, different coaches and, and research, but I think it's a great little drill you can do to actually, again, get that self-awareness of what your legs are actually doing as you're going through the pedaling action. Um, so I'm not saying do massive big long sets, but a few one minute reps here and there um, it will really identify if you've got any dead spots in your um, pedaling action. Number three, improve your bike maintenance skills. Um, no matter what level you're at, pretty much all of us can improve that. So try to identify one area that you can you can work on. And there's so much stuff on the internet these days. So it might be if you're a bit advanced or moderately advanced, you know tire changing and servicing your bike. Then it might be learning how to you know break your chain and actually put it back together or something something like that. But set yourself some little bike maintenance goals. Um, if you're thinking about trying to make any changes to your setup, you're thinking this season I want to be a bit more aero or actually I was a bit uncomfortable last year, I want to change my setup slightly, do it now because then you've got plenty of time to adjust. Um, yep. Same deal nice. with like moving your cleats slightly. I'm a big proponent of trying to get your cleats as far back as possible to save your calves for the run. Um, so to make those changes now rather than mid-season and, uh, and give yourself some time to adjust and see if you like it and then you can switch back. And then the last one would be try to ride outside. Obviously, if you're in parts of the Northern Hemisphere, that's not possible. Um, but get on your mountain bike if you can't ride on the road. If you, A lot of people now don't feel safe necessarily riding on the road. Um, but having some bike skills is crucial. So maybe look at getting a mountain bike if you haven't got one, just so at least you get some outside time where you're working on your skills. Okay, then we go to the run. Bevan, you need to come up with number five. I've, I've done, I've done my high five. Oh, I've done a new high five. A new high five. This is the four times, because we haven't done much time, so I made up one right now. Okay. So I'll make up a run one as well. Um, okay, so number one is get videoed, much the same as the swim. Make sure you get a really square side-on shot. Again, I'm going to and do front something. on front, front on, side on, but yeah. side on is critical because yeah. then when you're using that app full. huddle, um, then you can pause it directly when your foot's planting on the um, in the ground, and you'll really be able to see what's happening with your posture, what's happening with your foot placement, with your overstriding. Um, so get yourself videoed. Learn some run drills. Number two, um, lots of stuff online so you can figure out the drills. Again, you want to get yourself videoed when you do this. Partly technique, you know, it's going to improve your technique if you can do drills well, but more importantly is getting that awareness of what your body's doing. So when you're trying to do a drill, you've got to actually think about things, think about your posture, think about the action that your leg is doing. Uh, so I think that's really, really important. And number three, have some mixed speeds with your running. So often we go out running and you're just going to run, right, it's a steady run or it's a moderate run or it's a hard run or you're going to go do some intervals at the track. One of my favourite sessions that you do is when you're going out and you're changing your pace every K. So it might be you're going to do a 12K run or a 15K run, and I typically re repeat a cycle of um, 3K blocks. So you might do, an example, I might go 1K at 4 minute 20K pace, and then I might do 1K at 4 minute K, yep. and then 1K at 3.40, and then I go back to 4.20, 4 minutes, and, and, and those sort of runs are A, the... the quite enjoyable and quite interesting in terms of um, having to concentrate with some variability but it's about those changes in pace rather than just spanking out intervals um, and it makes you sort of focus when you're starting to get fatigued um, which is what happens in a race so try some mixed speed runs and final point is learn to run slow with good technique um, a lot of athletes really 
Oops, sorry about that. Uh, a lot of athletes really struggle to run slowly. You're in the middle of winter. Now is good. And I'll go into more detail on that uh, in two weeks' time. And, and I'll add to this. Um, add strength work to your running sessions. Mm. So like strength is one of the things that all triathletes lack. Um, and so you can do things like, I, I, like I've, I've always had a session where we do a circuit strength run repeat. So like mm-hmm. instead of just doing K repeats, they do a four-minute circuit before it. Yep. Um, and it's like a little plyometric, a um, little bit of squats, jumps, burpees kind of stuff, and then some press-ups and stuff like that. So we're just getting mm-hmm. some core work in there as well. Uh, and it's 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 kind of a more of a high-intensity workout, a bit more like a hits work volume session, but it works really well because most runners don't tend to do their strength work. So if you can get it kind of in a session, if you can do a kind of a cross-session, which is a bit of running with high-intensity running, but also with some strength work in there, you're going to get a stronger body. Well, the, the good thing for that, for triathletes, is A, you get the strength benefit, but also it mimics a little bit of running off the bike. So you're starting that interval in a fatigued state, which is, which yeah, is really well, good. And if you do the kind of ones we do, it's, it's really fatigued. So, um, okay, now I'm doing a high five. Okay. Because we're pretty low on time today, so I thought I'll chuck a high five in there. So uh, as you guys know, I had an operation two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's a really interesting moment in my life because it's probably the, I'm going to be the least fit as I've been since I've 19. Mm-hmm. Like really, because I've never had time off. Mm. Even when I had my shoulder operation, I yep. still able to exercise. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have done. I'm able to walk for an hour a day at the moment. Mm-hmm. Middle, I had to go to the surgeon yesterday. He said, "You know what? You can start to get back into exercise." I think I'll just keep walking up this week, and then next week I'll start to get back to pretty low level exercise. Um, and then I imagine it's probably a month of low level, and then kind of a month of rebuilding and impact. I, I don't know if I guys told you guys, but I've got nerve damage, which means I can't really. I've lost the ability to lose use some of my calf, so impact's going to be a little bit longer after that. So as I look to this next moment in my life, I'm, I'm in a time of what I talk about is depletion. I'm, I'm depleting the level I was before that moment. Um, and to me, the real goal of this time is to get to the other side of this time with the least cost as possible. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like for a lot of people, when they go through times of depletion, they don't help themselves in how they go through this time. And I actually, my own podcast, I went into a lot more detail into this recently. But what they do is they, they get to a time of depletion and then they just make lots of other bad behaviors, make the comeback way harder. So the way I look at it is that this next moment in time, my job is to minimize the cost mm-hmm. so that when I come back to some kind of normality, I don't know if my future looks exactly the same, but some kind of normality, normality, I can just get back to where I like to be ASAP. So a simple way of looking at it is, is I don't want to put on weight. Yep, you and that's I mean? the thing, for you, and this is, probably applies to athletes in the off-season, you've prob- probably, hopefully, reduced yep. the amount you eat. Yeah, well, and, and I'll go into I'm that. really bad at that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because at a time of depletion, so a lot of athletes in the off-season don't train as much. Mm. Now, I'm doing no training in comparison to what I normally do, so, and no intensity at all. So um, so for me, one of my things is, is I don't want depletion, or I want to minimize depletion in these many areas. So, so first of all, the first point is minimize damage. And I think what you want to think about here is there's kind of three different areas. There's the physical damage, um, there's the, the fitness damage, well, physical slash fitness, there's the, the, the body damage, mm-hmm. uh, and then there's the mental damage. So for me, it is weight gain. I don't want to put on weight. Mm-hmm. Interestingly, because I had an operation, I had to jump on the scales before the operation. I never. I think it's six years since I've jumped on the scales. I never mm-hmm. jump on scales. Six years ago, I was a 79 kg, 79 day to win. So mm-hmm. I'm really good at managing my weight. Um, that A lot of that has to be the exercise I do in my life. I'm also good at managing my food. But So you know, for me, in this next period of time, one thing I'm really good at around nutrition is I've got the habit of nutrition. I pretty much eat the same things every day at the same times. So for me, my strategy in this area is basically all I've done is removed, like for breakfast, my current breakfast was 
two bits of toast, two eggs, a, a tomato, a protein shake, and some fish oil tablets. Do you sometimes go crazy with avocados? Not for breakfast, no. Oh, okay. Lunchtime, I have avocado. Yeah. Yeah. So, so all I'm doing right now is just having one bit of toast instead mm-hmm. of two. So I've just reduced that meal a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I've looked at all my meals in my days, and I've just reduced a little bit of each meal. So um, my lunch, I normally had a big sandwich, a piece of fruit, um, it's a couple of chocolate biscuits. So I've reduced some of the contents of the sandwich. Oh, chocolate biscuit. Yeah. But I'm only doing like one chocolate biscuit now. So, but it's just that little bit of each, and so it doesn't seem like such a big thing. Mm-hmm. And I haven't actually found it hard. Because like, I don't feel I'm missing out. Each meal is a little bit shorter. You don't really miss it. I'm not hungry because I'm not exercising. So looking at your first job is to minimize damage because the least damage you do, the easier it is to get back. Second point is keep routine up. So Got to get up at the same time every day. Yeah, totally, totally. Got a guy that's been, was redundant at the moment and okay. you see I'm still getting up at the same time every day. Yeah. I don't want to break that routine. Yeah, now, now admittedly I'm, I've made this couple of slight adjustments to my routine but generally speaking I've tried to keep my routine as much on possible, as, as normal as what it was before I went into my operation. Mm-hmm. So it is getting up the same every day. Admittedly I'm not getting straight into exercise like I normally would because normally exercises work. Um, I am kind of being a bit more flexible when I put exercise in but my daily routine is pretty pretty much stayed on par with what my day looks like. And I think that's really important because I think once you start to put new habits in, that's another thing you've got to change when you come back. Mm-hmm. So like if I started going, you know what, I'm going to get up at seven in the morning instead of like quarter to five. Then when I get back to work, that's another kind of thing. I've got to go, oh God, mm-hmm. I've got to get back up early. So it's another problem you've got to get on top of. So just um, keep on keeping on top of that routine. Point number three is keep the main goal in mind. So like, for example, and, and I think this is one thing to think about is for me, the main goal is just to be able to get back to my normal life in a way I like, mm-hmm. you know, ASAP. And so for me, I I've keep that in the back of my mind, but I also want to just think about winning today. So when I think about winning today, winning today is just making good nutrition choices, making sure I'm keeping my routine in place, making sure I'm looking after my mental health, mm-hmm. still keeping a, the, the amount of movement that's realistic and right for this moment in time and place. So I want to win today, but keeping that main goal of as soon as I can get back to what I'm allowed to do, mm. I'm going to be in a state that I can do that. And so it's just that motivation of that. And going back to that kind of that point about keeping routine and minimizing damage. So for example... My Friday is Fun Day Friday. Which fun, day Friday. fun Day Friday. And Fun Day Friday for me is about not working, not thinking about work at all. So just mm-hmm. letting my head go. But it's a day where I'm a bit more no rules. Mm-hmm. So now for, for me, no rules is, you know, not 20 packs of chips and, you know, like it's... A Cu- couple of packs of cigarettes, you know, a yeah. couple of joints. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Get the needles out. Uh, but, but you know, we'll go out for lunch on a Friday and I'll go mm-hmm. a bit OTT. And on a Saturday night when we're social, I always go OTT. Mm-hmm. So those are kind of the two periods I go OTT. I don't want to not have the enjoyment of that, mm-hmm. but I've just got to minimize it again. But I also want to keep the end goal in mind. So just the end goal of coming back is really important. Importantly, step number four, you've got to look after your mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, for for us, for people like us, exercise is a massive part of our mental health. Mm. And uh, when we're stressed, going out and doing a run, going out and doing bike rides, uh, our social is often a big a part of exercise. So there's all group these training, group yeah. training, yep. uh, our, our self identity. Mm-hmm. You know, so there's many things that you have to be careful of in this moment because if you're not doing the thing that gives you so much positive in your mental health side of life. It can be a really worrisome time, and mm. it's been interesting because I'm lucky because I've got lots of people in my life who care and have kind of been checking in and asking the right questions, which is really nice. Um, so that's been really cool. But 
I've also been really aware of just making sure I've used other tools to look after my mental health. Now, luckily for me in my life, I've developed those tools. So my meditation, journaling at night, playing mm. piano, these, these are all tools that help me look after my mental health. Um, but I've just made sure at this moment, I'm really diligent with those things because I just can't get that from exercise. Mm. And, and I just can't. And so, I, you know, if I've had a really stressful day where I normally go out for a run and do a hard session and put some music on and pump it out, that's just not an option I have right now. So I've just got to make sure I have other tools and know to use those tools at this moment. And then lastly, number five is this is just an opportunity. Yeah. And so there's an opportunity in many ways. So the opportunity is A, as I come back to exercise, I, I can reassess how I'm exercising mm-hmm. um, and maybe make some adjustments around that because uh, – you know, like, you know, we're mid-40s now. Uh, I, the main thing I want with exercise is the ability to be able to exercise the way I like to exercise for the long term. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this injury was an unfortunate injury. Uh, but, you know, like, I, it, it does mean that maybe there are some shifts moving forward. Um, I've just got to embrace that. So No more half Ironmans on uh, no training? That was definitely not my wisest move. <laughs> <laughs> a blowing calf and a dumb back was probably not the wisest. Yeah. The, the back was actually kind of before the, the half Ironman, but yeah. the half Ironman didn't help. Uh, but also in life, where's the opportunity for this? So, yeah. for example, I've had the goal of writing a book I've talked about show recently or over the last year. My goal was to get run, written in 12 months. I'm coming yeah. up 12 months in March, but I've been able to knock out heaps of that book in the last couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got some projects on my business because I'm trying to get – I've talked about how – Joe and I are trying to get out of our business and more have people running our business. Mm-hmm. I've started to establish that thing. So there's just this really cool opportunity for me that I wouldn't have maybe got if I hadn't have had this injury. Mm-hmm. And it's just, you've just got to embrace what you've got right now. And I just think one thing, you know, I, 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 I've probably talked about this on the show in the past, but um, is it Daniel Coleman? Coleman? He did the book Thinking Fast, Thinking Slow, which if you haven't read, I, I highly recommend everyone reads in, in their life. Um, and he talks about, you know, if you could wish your child has anything, it's an optimistic mindset. Mm-hmm. And I'm, uh, uh, to be honest, you know, you always think, uh, what are your greatest character traits? You know, and we all have answers to that. And for me, my luckily for me, my greatest character trait is I seem to always find the right perspective. And I just think that in these times, if you are someone who struggles with it, you've just got to try to find a perspective that's going to help you work through it. Mm-hmm. And that, that finding an opportunity, seeing this as an opportunity, has actually given me energy. Whereas this could have been a time where I could have just been sitting around watching Netflix all day, well, being pretty dissatisfied. And I think a lot of people are in that boat at the moment with regards to COVID. Yeah, stuck true. at home for week, months and months on end. Different yeah. story down here, we know. But um, yeah, you guys got to look at the opportunities, what you can do rather than what you can't do and try to yeah navigate a path out of it. And for someone like me, that, that kind of luckily I have that kind of I always find the right way through it perspective so it kind of is a natural thing in me but a lot of people don't have that and so I think if you are someone who maybe struggles to find perspectives that work for you just write down you know a good little technique is just to go in this situation what's a better perspective that can help me make actions that would be better for me and 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 just write that down and then you're almost in your head when you have that perspective that's working against you kind of literally write it down on your phone or something, pull it out and read and just go, okay, well, if, I, if I were to have that perspective, so you're kind of doing a bit of fake it till you make it, mm-hmm. if I were to have that perspective right now, the one that's more helpful for me, what actions could I take? And then with that, do the actions. Because ultimately what perspective does is it allows you to take actions that are better for you. And so even though like I'm lucky I naturally have that kind of a way to find a perspective that works for me and, and kind of ingrained in me, if that's not you, and for many people it's not, Write down a perspective that you feel will be healthier for you and then the moments just 
pull that aside. What actions can I take based on that? Take the actions and you'll get the benefit of it. So I've got a question for you, Bevan. Um, okay. What day of the week did you have your doctor's appointment? Uh, yesterday. Yesterday. And what day of the week did you have your haircut? Oh, no, I had my haircut. What do you mean? Like, do you think I was trying to press week. my doctor? No, I'm just saying oh. the amount of hair that was taken off, that's got to account oh, you for think, a couple oh. of kgs. No, I had, the, I had the operation when I jumped on the scale and I had the hair. Right. So I'm probably, I'm probably 74 now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I think you've lost, you're 10 years younger. You look 10 years younger to <laughs> start, you, plus you lost a lot of weight. Uh, the thing about when you've gone from an extreme haircut, everyone gives you their opinion. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Was, uh, 10 years younger. 10 years? Yep. Well, I'll take that. Yeah. Thank you, John. There you go. You, you, Two, haircut Because John's had a haircut this I week have. as well. I went crazy. Tell me about I, it. I normally go number three or four on the side, on the yeah, side, yeah. back and sides. Yeah. I went in there and I said, let's try number two this week, shall back we? Back it up. Number two. Oh, it's a good haircut. I like it. Great. Thank you. Yeah. You know, no, no, I don't want to pick on your, your greys. have got plenty of greys coming Well, through. no, because you've gone shorter. The greys aren't so noticeable. Mm, okay. Yeah. Yeah, just that. Very good. You know, how long do you think it's going to be before you're a silver surfer? Oh, I think I've got a little while. I've been getting little greys coming through for a while. I have you. I'm gonna when I'm fifty. When I'm fifty, when I'm doing my sub nine at fifty, we'll probably have a few more greys in. I think I haven't got the greys yet. Touch wood. Touch wood. Anyway, that's that's Bevan's high five. That was that was the four high fives. The BJ four high fives. Winner of the week. Right here, Jumbo. Pull it. Uh, pull it up. I've got it. What I'm going to say it? number four because we did four high fives. Four. Kevin Powell. Go pow pow. Wow. 30 activities last week. So Kevin did 25 hours and 59 minutes. Didn't swim, but he did bike for 16 hours and 23 minutes. And he ran for 9 hours and 35 minutes. So he was fourth on the rankings. And let's just see where Kevin's from. He's from UK? From Leicester. Leicester. I'll tell you what, his Strava photo with the light, you know what I'm talking about here, Kevin. When you're looking at, you're obviously doing a selfie while riding a bike, how did he do that photo? He must have the Selfie hand up stick, here. maybe. But he looks like he's, he's slightly shocked about himself at the he same time. He's got some nice pictures. He's got a picture. He's got the old classic, the derailleur has been dislodged uh. from his bike. So guys, the tip around not making this happen, uh, sometimes it's, it's just a bit of bad luck, but oft, more often than not, it's because you're in your big chain ring on the front and your small chain ring on the back so the tension there is just huge, and then you get out of the seat to do something, and then whoosh, your rear derailleur just snaps off, and it's all over Rover. John, we have a problem. What? He's way faster than us than running. Really? 233 for a marathon. Pretty uh, pretty consistent year there by Kevin. He had a little bit of a lull there in October, a few easier weeks, but overall, periodization. Kevin's clearly got a coach or something like that or just very good himself he's working on a four week cycle so he's yep. you know three up one down yeah three up one down uh, but nice and consistent okay John he's a Zwifter so he's a, yesterday or today he's been in New York uh, he's doing is he in, running inside as well anyway doing plenty of Zwift activity I've got a challenge no, for you Kevin biking outside he's doing a little bit of riding outside as well I've got a challenge for Kevin 5k 14.59 sub 15.5 <laughs> <Sorry>. great effort <laughs> Half Sorry. marathon, 113. Great effort. Marathon, 233. 10K, 34. Wow. Nice. Up and up in your 10K, mate. Yeah, pretty solid. They're all estimated though, aren't they? They're not actually done those times. Oh, they're estimated. A lot of them are. Yeah, yeah. I'll back it up. Yeah. Come on, Kevin. Sharp Estimated best ever. Now, Kevin's got a picture here, and I immediately saw it. It was a night run that he did. No, whenever it was, earlier in the week. It's like a picture of a dinosaur with a penis on it. Well, yeah, I can't see this. 
That one there, it's like a... Oh, it is too. Do you think he, do you think he tried to do that? I don't know. Well, you've just got a dirty mind. I have. A dinosaur dirty mind. Dinosaur with a penis. Dinosaur dirty. That's what we're going to yeah. start calling you some. Okay, so given is our winger of the week of yarn on our Facebook, oh, sorry, our Strava uh, yep. account. Just look up I Am Talking. You can find it from there. Questions and answers. answers. Good old Scott Molina. It's a good part of a... The experience he's got on behalf of the USA Triathlon, thank you very much for your time sharing your stories and expertise in the past four days. So basically what they had is they had the Endurance Exchange Conference. They had 132 speakers, a thousand registrants, but what's really cool is it's still available through to the 20th of April, so you can go back and watch any of the sessions, 84 sessions, 132 speakers. Melina was here. He's always great. So, so check out endurancexchange.com um, anytime through to the 20th of April. But they had the big four on there um, together. So that, oh, would, that, that's worth the, the Did you watch the it? Admission. No, I haven't. Oh, I but and then they had lots of speakers in different areas. So and so you go back and you can that. buy it still? Yeah. Great. And uh, good on Melinda, the good bastard that he is. He's out there helping pack up the bike racks and everything on Sunday. Came over and spectated. He's and he's one man. of the big four and he's still out there doing How grassroots. That? How cool is that? He's such mm. good. One of the nicest guys you ever meet. Okay, uh, John, you race Frodo. How'd you go? When I didn't race Friday, so Saturday morning, um, I had to get going pretty early in the morning and I thought I need to do, the, but I kind of need to do a bike session with a few sprints and things like that to get ready for a race that I'm doing. And so I thought I could do a Zwift race and then I was on there and I saw there's a Fredino, what, is it, what was it called? I think it was Fredissimo Friday workouts or something like that. And I thought, oh, I'll just jump and that's kind of what I want to be doing anyway and I'll just get on there and see what's going on. And there's a couple of I Am Talk listeners on there that uh, oh, popped pop me a message. But I was on there, so it was a, it was a a structured workout it wasn't a race or anything like that or a group ride so you're going through and you're doing all the intervals based on your particular FTP so you're riding as a group how many do you reckon Frodo would get on a Friday night 6.30pm European time or yeah 6.30pm well, I kind of know because I saw but I'm going to say okay. close to a thousand yes <laughs> I was impressed it was like over a thousand so he's riding. there at the same time yeah and he's sort of you know you're sort of interacting for those that haven't been on Zwift you've got a messaging and you can sort of message the group or you can and he messages can message everybody or you can do private messaging so um, and is he, yeah. is he pretty active communicating on it yeah yeah no that is was it cool yeah, well it's, it was I thought it was a good workout um, it was nice to have a few other people there and it was nice to have that little bit of interaction so yeah that was good but a thousand people I was, I was so is he riding there. or is he just yes, he's riding yeah. so, so do you get to see does he fly past you no because in a group session like that you're all kind of just riding in the a group and in you're a just in, your, oh, okay. in, in the efforts just going up and down so unless you stop pedaling you kind of stay within the group so good times there you go john swim set oh, this was actually show. this was yesterday's swim i've already swum today as well the panic training continues it was I, panic because because john normally we normally do 8 30 and you, you what do you got on today well, no, I was just, I was catching up from uh, the, the weekend, so I didn't See, can you go later? And unfortunately, my day was booked out. And I was like, That's oh. okay. I still got it in. I got myself organized. Well, I him. So the objective with yesterday's swim is I'm doing a sprint distance triathlon this weekend, and I've done very little long, hard swimming, because I swim with mostly guys that are doing Ironman. We're kind of doing a lot more steady work and, and nothing too crazy hard. But I have to yep. get ready for, in a draft legal race, 10 minutes of very hard swimming, and not maximum, but pretty bloody hard uh, but so much so that I can still ride my bike nice. so I, did, I thought I'm going to do an 800 hard and I'm going to do a bit of speed work so the session was 400 meters warm up and then the carry on, carry on from the warm up was nine 100s we were doing one individual medley and one build up so sort of progressing the speed as you went in that 100s so starting easy and by the time you get to the end of 100 meters um, you're going pretty fast then we did an 800 hard as a bit of a race simulation so by that I mean 
we're at 200 not all out but very hard and then kind of settled and then settled again so it was kind of trying to mimic what a, a race is going to be like 400 uh, pretty easy with a mix of easy swimming drills and kick and then we finished off with two sets of four by 33 sprints because the pool we're swimming at the moment is 33 and a third meters so sprints with plenty of rest so we're probably uh, we were doing them on the minute we're probably coming in on I don't know maybe 20 second, 25 seconds something like that I guess uh, and so you're getting quite a bit of recovery 100 easy and then we repeated that set again warm down 3k job done got a bit of you know a bit of race pace stuff and then a bit of speed work at the end joy session it's a good session it was out in the sun what's your favorite session favorite session is uh i'm probably pretty happy doing just a big long set of 100s like 3100s just on a set time and just banging them out grinding them out grinding them out okay guys our patrons jumbo Michael Diggett Dooley. We've got Adam the King Turner. Nick the Admiral Rose. We've got Mark the Unpredictable Wilshire. If you want to become a patron of the show, go to www.imtalk.me. Go on the front page. You can look up uh, support the show and just go through the process. You get a gift. Uh, you support the boys and what we do, and that's the most important thing. If you want to get the show emailed to you, down the front of the front page as well. Just go down there, put your information in, and I just send your link each week once we release the show uh, if you want some coaching go to coachjohnnewson.com if you want my podcast Bevan James Isles the, kind of my high five I go into a lot more detail in my last episode and I'm actually got a call interview coming up next week with a guy who was basically one of the top guys at NASA right yeah he's just written a book and he's, yeah so I'm pretty excited about that uh, cool content such as age group of the week cool websites and other feedback you can either do it on the website or imtalkpodcast at gmail.com John you goss Oh dear, wow, really boring, is it? I'm a bit tired. Swim was a little harder than I had anticipated this morning. If you want another John swim set from today, no, we won't do that. No, no, I think we've had enough um, of swim sets. So <laughs> today, uh, Tommy's official first day at high school. Oh, he did go yesterday. Did you do the photo? No, I did oh, not do the come photo. Come on. Just before you know it, oh look, they're off to high school. Yeah. No, I did not do the photo. Oh, you should have done the photo. Well, I took a photo of him first day of school, but no, I've seen plenty of those going around and it's not for me. Uh, so he's off to high school. Uh, he had the race at the weekend. That Has he got much of his mates going to the same school? Yeah, but they really split them up. They spread them all the way through the whole year group. So it's a bit, quite a big school. Because how many does Cashmere have? I don't know, but it's a lot. It's a good school. So we live, John and I live close to a school called Cashmere High School and it's Apparently one of the best schools in Christchurch from a guy I know who taught there and he said the reason is is because it's a good blend of all types of society and it's really good at kind of mixing that and making that work. So that was that. The weekend was dominated by the race but this weekend I get to go to a race. I'm doing a sprint distance draft legal race down in Timaru and panic training with the swimming is, is, is ensuing. Oh, no, yes, we took that last and week. And panic training. I'm just a bit worried that I'm going to be in no man's land on the bike because if I can't get on the front, so the front group there's some quite strong cyclists uh, who are going to be probably maybe a minute down on me in the swim. Uh. And I just worry, and I'm not being pessimistic, it's just facing reality, I'm going to have to have a really good swim and everything to go right to try to make, I won't make the front, front group, but the front, main sort of what, group. What's the goal? Um, I know just race, to, race my best race, but no, like if you do, I, I placing wise. I don't know who's racing, so I don't have a placing. Um, I, in terms of the run, that's the only thing you can really control. Um, I'd like to, you know, if I can run seventeen thirty, if it's accurate, I think that would be really good. Um, anything under eighteen would be would be I'd be happy with. Um, and the bike, just yeah, just want to have a good swim so I can not be individual teaching the bike. So that's probably my main thing. I, then it's not really a draft legal race. I've, I haven't done many draft legal races, and I just want to. Be yeah. in there, 
laughing it's a bit about. of a lost art now, isn't it? Sorry? It's not so much nowadays, is well, it? Especially for age groupers, yeah. it's hard because the variability in the swim is so great yeah. um, that anything can happen. And it's a small field. If it was a big field, different story. But there'll be, there'll be 100 at most in the race, if that, probably, probably 50. And, you know. If you get a pick, what an advantage. Yeah, but the, a lot of those people will be 60-plus age groupers. Yeah, you know, yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Looking forward to it, though. It's going to be interesting. You never goss? Uh, kids are at school. Kids are going to school. One's still not at school. God, the school holidays are long. <laughs> and that's, that's about it. <laughs> I think it gives it all away, John. Bevan, what about you? What's my goss? Well, the good news is my back has been really successful. The surgeon was very happy with that, so it's really encouraging. Um, <clears throat> so I can kind of start getting back to exercise, which is kind of cool. Um, we're going to go see 660 this weekend. All oh, right, nice. Yeah, they're playing 660. I'll tell you what, if you're an overseas listener... And you haven't heard the band 660. They're very, probably one of New Zealand's most successful bands of all time. Mm-hmm. They're very, very successful. And it's what, how we describe it, kind of cool, just relaxed music, eh? Yep. Yeah, really cool, relaxed, but really awesome music. Six, 60, I think you go six, the number six and then the word 60. Mm-hmm. Um, go on Spotify, check out their music. They're a great band, but they've mm-hmm. got Dave Dobbin, they've got 660. Cool. So, yeah, so I'm going to do that. It's going to be nice. And then Porno, I just saw this morning, Porno's put it out there. Super Bowl Monday at Porno's house. Oh, he was uh, draft busting at the weekend. Didn't manage to bust anybody. Oh. Was he not doing his job well or is no, everyone in Christchurch good people? They're pretty well behaved on a hilly course like that. If it was a flat course, they would have been in business, but yep. on a hilly course, there's no excuse. So Super Bowl Monday, uh, I, 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 don't, I don't really, gridiron's not really my sport, um, but it's, I find this gridiron, the Super Bowl quite interesting. Mid, mid-morning, is it? 12.30. Okay. And it's public holiday. Yeah. Oh, okay. Nice. Yeah. So it works out really well. So, um, so Porno's put put it out there. Who wants to come around? And then next Wednesday, John, they they always have a quiz night team. Porno's in the quiz night team, and I can never go because I'm always teaching. Yeah, and, and you're probably a little bit below <laughs> par. Uh, I would be in the same boat. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm not a little bit below par, John. Yeah. I'm kind of like I'm like somewhere else. I'm like the fluffer. I'm not a fluffer. Yeah. I'm like um I'm like the the shoulder rubber. Yeah, you know, I'd be okay on music and no, sport. The problem is porno. There's a guy porno, and um, I've totally got blank of the other guy's name. There's there's two of them who are just absolute rock stars. Yeah, and they just hold the paper and just write the answer down no, before and, you and, even and get and a chance. Then, and, then, and then we've got like Blair Norton, who's pretty great as well. Yeah. So we've we've got we've got a really strong team. Like they're normally pretty much they're normally like twenty twenty five teams that you know they're normally podium. Mm. I don't know if they always win. There's this one team I think that always wins, and there's suspicions. Mm. There's suspicions about that one team who always win, but mm. um, they're, they're they're pretty bloody great. So I've probably gone. They go. They probably do it like every once a month. They mm-hmm. go along and do it. I've probably been twice, mm-hmm. and the two times I've been there, probably answered two questions. And yeah. one time I did I did fight for a question. Yeah, you go. <laughs> yeah. So if I ever go, <laughs> I'm not sure. Shut up, Oz. <laughs> know your place. Yeah. Know your place. So I do like a good quiz night. So quiz night next week. So it's lots happening in my life, John. Very social. Fantastic. Yep, there we go. Anyway, okay. let's wrap it up. I'm Russ. I'm Minot. Train hard. Train smart. Kia kaha. kaha.